Welcome to the Excellence in Industry podcast hosted by Caprock Partners, where we discuss all things industrial real estate. So again, we have Javier Wasiak from JLL back on the show. Welcome, Javier. Hey, Nicholas. How are you? We are uh, back in Vegas again to talk a little uh, development in North Las Vegas. Excellent. So there's a lot going on in North Las Vegas. Uh, on one of the previous podcasts, we kind of talked through that and the land constraints and stuff starting to push out to apex uh, and and really kind of some developers trailblazing out there. Um, but there is still a lot going on in North Las Vegas, essentially between Tropical and Speedway exits off the 15. Um, you see a, a lot of development that was started during early COVID, and you're seeing a lot of development kind of start up now with deals that were done during COVID. Sure. Uh, why don't we kind of touch a little bit upon that and what you kind of see delivering essentially from, you know, Q4 of 2020 through, you know, first half of 2021. Sure. I um, am very pleased. It almost seems as though there was design behind it. I know there was not. uh, uh, And I would love to have believed that there was also great discipline on the part of developers to kind of lay out how some of these projects were going to deliver. You know, the truth is, of course, there wasn't any of that. But I think it has set up a pretty uh, beneficial atmosphere for product to be delivered in a manner that well coincides with how product has been absorbed uh, to meet the the current demand. So when we look at the roughly 12 to 15 million square feet of occupiers out there that are currently looking for space and in one way or another in one phase of their process or another we also realize that you know we have healthy amount of product coming online so you know we have currently just over five million square feet of product under construction we'll deliver this quarter i believe about two million square feet of that and then likely another million and a half in the first and probably another million in the, in the second quarter of next year. So it feels like we have uh, a healthy balance between occupiers and developers. When we look at what specifically is delivering this last quarter in 2020, I also think we have a good balance in sizes. Uh, you know, speaking specifically about your product, the project you're delivering at Interchange, with your, you know, 173,000 square footer and the 509,000 square feet next to it. Uh, I, I know you've gotten some good activity on the 173 already. And, um, and I can tell you on the tenant rep side, you know, we've placed the 509, whether portions of it or in its entirety on multiple surveys. So it seems like there's, there's strong activity there. Yeah. So talking a little bit about Caprock uh, Interchange Industrial, hopefully... It's delivering Q4 and is part of that 2 million square feet that you talked about, Not uh, God willing. Um, but yeah, we have the 173 and there's tremendous activity that hopefully we can announce something soon. Um, and when you kind of talk about that 509, it's interesting because, you know, when we look at other markets, uh, specifically Southern California, the Inland Empire, you put a half a million square foot building out there, you're not subdividing that at all. And yet here in Vegas, we've seen that from a lot of developers, call it in the 600,000 and change square footage. 
where they've gone ahead and subdivided. And you had a deal that went down with Lowe's um, on a competing project, um, I believe it was early this year, early mm-hmm. 2020, and um, that deal got done. But that was a, that was a subdivision of a building. Sure. Talk a little bit about that and, and why the developer chose to do that as well as you know, why it was beneficial for Lowe's. Sure. Well, I think the, you know, the thing to understand is we are, you know, of course, compared to Southern California and the Inland Empire, specifically a much smaller market. So our sweet spot used to be pre-recession 20 to 50,000 square feet. Currently, that's closer to 50 to 70. And some might argue, you know, 60 to 100,000 square feet. So I think most developers today in Las Vegas building in that 400,000 plus uh, square foot range understand that they may have to look at uh, subdividing that building. And, and I don't necessarily see that as a, as a negative, um, just more than anything, just a, a result of current demand in the Valley. And it is true that, especially in the last six months, we've seen an increase in activity uh, in North Las Vegas from occupiers in that 100 to 300,000 square foot range. So where we usually on an annual basis clock in, you know, one to two deals in excess of 300,000 square feet. Uh, Last year, we'd gone a little dry, uh, hadn't had one until Lowe's landed at the very beginning of this year. And then this year already, we've done two and expect to do probably two or three additional in that two to 400,000 square foot range. So I think it is a healthy size for a 500,000 or a landlord that has a 500,000 square foot box to take a serious look at. Um, I, I understand the temptation to, to wait for that single occupier and, and I don't discount that. I, I think that that's real, but uh, it's no doubt that, you know, the number of occupiers in that two to 300,000 square foot range is, is pretty strong today. Yeah. One of the things that I know you and I have constantly talked about, and we talked about it before that recording this is, uh, Caprock as a whole tends to, when we develop, not deliver something completely cold shell. Um, we're generally putting, you know, R19 to R38 insulation in. Yeah. Um, we are, you know, in some cases, specking EVAPs. We're generally specking office um, so that it's not cold shell and that it's quickly deliverable. Sure. Uh, unless somebody comes and leases it, you know, prior to completion. Uh, that doesn't seem to be the case from a lot of developers here. They're generally developing a cold shell building. But kind of going back to something that you and I talked about prior to the recording this is the velocity of time that we're seeing from tenants touring to the tenant lease being done and how there is kind of some you know speed to market, if you will, sure. and having that available for them to occupy immediately. No, you're absolutely right. Um as we talked about before, it does seem like, you know, deal velocity, that time within which where a tenant sees the space, writes the LOI, negotiates the lease, executes it, and has their space built out, feels like there's been a lot of pressure to compress that time frame. So having product with uh, spec office, with light evaps, as you've pointed out, existing, um, although not common, we definitely see the benefits of it. There are a couple of developers that have started doing that, and I think they've really benefited and been able to uh, drive pricing and, uh, uh, and and really kind of take advantage of that guy who really only is 60 to 90 days out from needing to occupy. 
And I think that that's real. Now, I know most developers shy away from doing those kinds of improvements of anything in excess of 200,000 square feet. But I, again, I see some benefit. Uh, putting my tenant rep hat on, I definitely see where even though a tenant might have an ultimate office requirement of five, six, or 7,000 square feet, they can still make very good use of an existing well thought out and laid out 2,500 square feet of office, for example. So uh, so we wholeheartedly support that. We think that's a good move. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think uh, one thing that we've seen is with as much development going on in North Las Vegas, that permitting process may be getting a little slower and delayed and just having the opportunity to provide the tenant with something to occupy quickly is, is definitely helpful. Yeah, the other place, and, and you can probably tell me a whole lot better uh, than I could state it, but it seems to us in an area where potentially you have uh, cost growth in TIs. I know in the past it may have been argued that someone's ability to go ahead and build spec office at today's pricing might then give them a slight advantage to the guy who's got to build out six to 12 months down the road when it might be expected that prices would go up. Yeah, no, that's definitely a great point. And I think a lot of that, at least from a developer standpoint, comes down to the general conditions. So when you're developing the building, when you already have the GC in place, you're going to save on some of those general conditions if you're able to build as much in now than later. Dock packages, lighting's one thing, but you know, having a superintendent on site and paying for all those general conditions is another. So yeah, there's definitely a cost savings component. Yeah. So, well, Javier, I appreciate you being on again. It's fun as My always. My pleasure. Thank you for having me.